0: Good morning. So glad we can be together. Welcome to part four of our teaching series, Follow. To follow Jesus is a costly commitment. In Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We read this same call in other passages, and in fact, this statement was taught many times by Jesus. Jesus. Several weeks ago, as I was preaching, this statement was one of several we we focused on. But for this moment, we now focus exclusively on, on the depth of meaning in this phrase: "Take up." Your cross. Jesus said this as he called people to follow him. And I know that that sounds like a costly sacrifice, but, but lean into the meaning of this statement. I'd like to offer you three questions that will help you to personally and practically resolve taking up your cross to follow Jesus. Question number one. What is my cross? Number two, what does taking up my cross look like in my life? And number three, why should I take up my cross? So let's begin with question number one. What oh. is my cross? In Matthew's gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever would come after me must take up their cross. In oh. Mark eight thirty four, when Jesus made this same statement, he is described as calling the crowd along with his disciples. Therefore, thanks to the harmony between Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, The call to take up one's cross is not just for the disciples of Jesus' day, but for all who have a relationship with Him. You are called to take up your cross as I am. And notice the commands of this statement, the imperatives. Deny, take up, follow. These are clear directives. But what about the imagery of the cross? What is my cross? When Jesus took up his cross, he carried the instrument of death. He willfully gave his life for the world. He was consenting to humiliation, sacrifice, and death. Consenting to something as costly as the loss of our well-being and importance is not natural. This is why the Bible calls this a death. Taking up our cross is our consent to lose whatever stands in the way of truly living for Jesus. We make our chief aim his love for the world and the glory he deserves. We die to our well-being and benefits to make the gospel of Jesus great, to make him known in how we live and how we, we move and have our being. So the cross is a symbolic way of you and I dying to our impulse to live for self. And we do so for the sake of Jesus. Question number two. What does taking up my cross look like in my life? Uh, This is such an important question. Uh, We need to realize what this looks like day to day. So consider a great example, the life of one we know as the Apostle Paul. And consider a story of his life as told in the third chapter of Philippians. Notice the very tangible attitude of dying to self when Paul said in Philippians 3.7, I consider all things lost. He reflected on the specifics of his personal gains, his religious life, and his scholarly accomplishments, his Hebraism and Judaism. And he he looked at all of this and took up his cross by saying, I count all of that as loss. His particulars included circumcision, being the, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, an office of the Pharisees. He gave reason for boasting in himself, but he quickly threw it all aside in comparison to knowing Jesus. In Philippians 3, 7, Paul concluded that these things are counted as loss for the sake of Christ. This can give us an idea of what it looks like to take up our cross. Paul resolved with intensity uh, as he restated these words in, in verse 8 of Philippians 3, I count all things lost compared to the value of knowing Jesus. So Paul once pursued excellence in his life with these things, but he exchanged all of that excellence for knowing Christ. So what does it look like for you and I to take up our cross? Paul placed all things he referred to as gain in a loss category and called them rubbish or garbage. The actual terminology from Paul's words would be a bit more descriptive like that of of dung. The idea is of considering something as the most worthless part. And Paul preached into every, or he reached into every category of his life and viewed everything like dung or dregs compared to the value of knowing Jesus. All things that would compete with his love for Jesus became categorized as contemptible in the highest degree. What does it look like for you and for me to take up our cross? What are we holding on to that should fall to the category of loss in comparison to knowing Christ more? Place all things in the loss category compared to gaining Christ, living for him, and knowing him more. So we have two questions. What is my cross? Dying to anything that stands in the way of following Jesus. And what does my cross look like when I take it up? considering all things that I would call gain as loss. But now we come to a third question. Why should I take up my cross? In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, take up your cross. And then in Matthew 16, 25, Jesus tells us why. We gain true life when we lose ours. Whatever we lose is gained more emphatically in Christ. Now, again, let's look at the example of the Apostle Paul to give us a real life understanding of this. For Paul was certainly a powerful example of losing his own life to gain the life of Christ. Second Corinthians 11 verse 24 through 31 represents a very familiar passage concerning the sufferings of Paul and his life and, and those sufferings he endured. Listen to this story. Five times I received from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, and in danger in the country, in danger at sea. And in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, And I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. And I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. But who is weak? I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? I do not feel that inwardly. But if I am to boast, I will boast in the things that show my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul writes, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. Wow, what an incredible story. What an incredible description Paul gave of the realities that he faced. Now, I'm not so sure that I need to complain any longer. Look at what Paul faced, but these events... uh, Represented the cross Paul carried as he bore uh, the marks of Jesus, as he would call it, on his body, meaning he was sharing in sufferings, even as Christ suffered. But certainly, Paul would see his sufferings as much less. But what do we learn from Paul's cross he bore? He was mistreated, to say the least. He suffered unfortunate uh, natural circumstances. He, at times, was misplaced because of his commitment to Jesus. He he really didn't feel like he belonged uh, to any particular people. He labored for Jesus, but no one really noticed. He at times went without basic comforts, but with each hardship, he embraced the difficulty for the sake of Jesus. Like a cross, he was privileged to carry for Jesus because Jesus carried his cross for him. But he did not consider his cross weaknesses. Rather, his cross represented privilege and honor to serve and to suffer for Christ. So have you suffered mistreatment? Mistreatment suffered under the hand of natural circumstances, like a sickness? Have you ever felt misplaced? Like you really don't have a a belonging? Have you ever gone unnoticed in your good deeds? Have you ever, uh, at times, have been absent of basic comforts? All of us, in some way, have had some experiences like these, and, and they can be like the cross that we're carrying for the sake of Christ. Not bad luck nor unfortunate occasions, but truly picking up our cross as we endure for the sake of Jesus and his glory so that somehow our lives point people to the love of Christ. But this is only half the story of Paul. That same person Paul saw gain in his sufferings. He lost his life to gain real life. I again refer to the summary of his story in Philippians chapter 3. Again, verse 8, Paul wrote, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them, here's the word, but rubbish, In order to gain Christ, Paul gained Christ. Paul's desire was to know more of Christ, identified his love for Christ as as the most significant pursuit of his life every single day. This is what Paul meant when he said, I gain Christ, a true personal knowledge and encounter with Jesus truly changes a person. And Paul knew the love of Christ, the joy of forgiveness, the call of faith, and the sure righteousness that can only come from faith in God's work of salvation through the cross of Jesus. Paul knew this well. And this was the chief identifier of his life. Please know this. Paul's office as an apostle, his fervor as a preacher of the gospel, and his tireless vision as missionary and church planner, all came from within his love for our Lord. He did not serve in order to gain a love for Christ. His love for Jesus came first. And this love became the motivation and purpose for how he served and how he suffered and took up his cross for the gain of Christ. And his love for Jesus was clearly apparent because of his desire to better know Christ. He considered his whole life lost to the gain of Christ, to know him more richly and to walk ever closer with him. He loved the exchange of losing his life to gain Christ. And what an amazing exchange that many miss because of an unwillingness to truly take up one's cross and die to self. Let go of living for yourself and you'll know Christ, even as Paul expressed. Can you imagine the joy of truly saying every single day, I'll let go of all the allurements, uh, allurements of this world that draws myself so that I can gain Christ. Everyone loves to learn of the promises of God's fulfillment for our lives in the scriptures. We like the promises. But what we do not like to hear is that those promises or impossible when we're living for ourselves. Self-love, doing things the way that we would desire instead of God's way, is the greatest obstacle to knowing the fulfillment God offers. But oh, the blessings of dying to self so that true life is gained. Why should we take up our cross to find life? To gain more of Christ. This is the cost of following. Take up your cross. Today... Follow him. Give up whatever slows down your following after Jesus. And surrender everything to him. I pray these three simple questions have helped you today to better center on the heart of Christ, on the heart of our Lord himself. When he said both to the disciples then and to you and I now, If you truly want to follow me, we have it right here in the scripture. Take up your cross and come after me. Daily come after me. Daily take up your cross. Daily deny yourself. Oh, this is the beautiful promise of taking up our cross. When we lose our life, when we say no to self-love, when we deny any opportunity to fulfill self for the purpose of honoring Jesus, oh, that's when we truly Gain, life I pray this morning that you know Jesus and I pray that in your heart you're saying I I desire to follow him regardless of what it may cost I truly desire to follow him I don't know what the cross may be that Jesus may be telling you to carry today it may look different tomorrow But, you know, when you and I say no to the flesh and no to our desires and and no to our personal dreams and and no to anything that prohibits us from quickly following after Jesus, those are the distractions we say no to. Those represent how we die to ourselves and deny ourselves to honor Jesus. I will tell you first and foremost, above all other things in my life, the greatest reality is that fulfillment Peace that I that I really can't explain, but can only invite you to know through saying no to self, and yes to Jesus, and oh, even you, follower of Jesus, if you know that that your faith is in Jesus, again allow God to do an inventory in your life right now. Where in your life would you honestly have to say, I'm not really following Jesus? What attitude? Uh, What activity, what thought, what relationship, what passion, what pursuit defines you now in a way that is counter to how the life of a follower of Jesus should be defined? Oh, lay those things down, dear Christian. Take up that cross. This is not a call for gloom. This is not a call to only see dying to self. This is a call to life. And there are so many people who fill the walls of churches every day who are walking in the gloom of, of regretting what they can't enjoy or what they have to give up to follow Jesus. You're only looking at half the story. Paul suffered, but Paul said the greatest discovery is knowing more of Jesus every day. There is so much of Jesus that you can know and learn and celebrate if you'll let go of the things that are still attaching you to this world. Oh, I pray that you'll take up your cross and you'll follow Jesus. You'll practice that death to self and that death to living for self and that death to sin every day for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ more. Following him as a relationship. Take up your cross, die to self and know personally the lover of your soul. I want to pray with you. And dear Jesus, thank you for reminding us of what it means to follow you by taking up our cross. Help us to follow you and to die to the things of this world, to ourselves. And God, help us to know that following you is not just a decision we make once and then navigate through life as we desire. Following you is is knowing that we belong to you, but then daily resolving to take up our cross and to follow you with our whole heart. God, I personally want to thank you for saving me many years ago, but, Father, that salvation is still fresh in my heart. I thank you for that. And, God, I thank you that every day the call is to follow you by abandoning all the things that would hold me back from being who you would desire. And, Father, I pray that for every person listening. Help us to be those who truly follow after you. It's a costly commitment, but the cost is so small. In fact, you've already paid the cost. There's nothing to compare to what you have what You have done for us on the cross. So may we let go of whatever it is we're holding tight to. You've taken up your cross for us. And Father, help us to daily take up our cross for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And together we said, amen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, right now, there is a texting number on the screen and a web uh, location address. If if God has spoken to your hearts about what it means to follow him or to, or to place your faith in him, uh, reach out to that uh, contact. We would love to speak with you and encourage you. And I'm so glad. You joined us today for this time of teaching. I'm excited about what God is doing in our lives as a church. I'm excited about where he's taking us, even in these unusual times. We'll continue our follow series next week. Stay tuned. uh, Stay close. Lean in. And let's celebrate what Jesus is doing because of who he is as our risen Lord and Savior. Love you a lot. God bless.